Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Five sixty, the Joe Radio Rewind, running back some of the best you've heard here on Five Sixty over the past twenty-four hours. Where you at? It's Dan a day, and on the way, the Joe Rose Show getting that Dolphins breakdown, especially on the draft from Kyle Krabs. Then Greeny talking to and. Love you, Chad Pennington. Then Hawk and Crowder, they get into a little bit of a Zoom meeting etiquette. Right now, let's get into the headlines. The Heat embark on a seven-game road trip tonight when they play Houston at 7.30. Goran Dragic is out while Mo Harkless has been upgraded to questionable. The Panthers start a three-game set with defending Stanley Cup champions. Tampa Bay tonight at 7. Florida is 7-1-2 and two on this early season. The Bucks. Held a boat parade yesterday to celebrate their Super Bowl win. Coach Bruce Arians told the crowd that the team could easily repeat if it stays intact. The North Carolina players, who were videoed partying maskless with friends, that game later led to the cancellation of Monday's game against Miami, have issued an apology. In the statement, the Tar Heels apologized to their coaching university, but made no mention of neither being sorry for the Canes' needless travel, nor for them having to reschedule the game. Reports are that Inter-Miami president David Beckham will be the face of Qatar in the lead-up to the Persian Gulf country hosting the World Cup in 2022. The deal is said to be worth around $14 million. Inter-Miami began MLS play in early April. The AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am begins today at 11.30, and they are well underway right now. The winner will take home a $7.8 million purse, or at least part of it. And now, let's go ahead and take a step into the day spa. (sighs) A high school letterman's jacket that was lost in a Colorado flood back in 2013 has been found and returned to its owner. Nobody wore their letterman jacket in high school. What makes you think she's going to wear it now? A man here in the U.S. recently took to TikTok to show how he orders and eats what he calls a Monster Mac that contains eight beef patties from McDonald's. I'm sure hours later he died from congestive heart failure. London wine company Hun is looking to pay someone to drink wine at home and report about it. Further compensation will be a year's supply of wine. One more time, that's Hun Wine Company. Hun. The Kazakhstan bodybuilder who recently married a sex doll now says he wants to see other robots and a big chicken. Just imagine what the holidays are like at that dude's parents' house. A British man has posted a video where he claims he takes his cereal next level by adding orange juice and whipped cream. That's nastier than when I paired eggnog with Wheaties. 
Tomorrow's National Hug Day, so bring it in. Hug, hug, hug. Hook it up with Joe Rose mornings from 6 to 10. He's always giving you the best insight right here on 560. The Joe earlier caught up with Kyle Krabs talking about the Dolphins spending, trusting the O-line, is Watson worth it? A little Jalen Waddle talk and a little bit of draft trading. Of the Dolphins wire, our friend Kyle Krabs is going to join us right now. Kyle, welcome to the offseason. Good morning. There's no offseason, Zach. Exactly. <laughs> it's just draft season, that's all. That's so right. Welcome to draft season, guys. Here we go. Kyle, you got fresh stuff coming out all the time. I got to tell you, man, and, I, and I've told everybody this, the Dolphins Wire with Kyle Krabs is very good, and I really enjoy it. I do. I, I enjoy the stuff. You keep up on everything, and uh, you get a lot of great stuff. So, And uh, listen, we got a lot of stuff to get to. You brought up a good one uh, yesterday. Joe Tooney, who I think is the best player on the Patriots and at left guard, is unbelievable, although it's not a sexy position. Uh, too expensive for the Dolphins, even though nobody knows him better than Brian Flores? I think so, probably. Uh, he played this past year on the franchise tag, and New England kind of pulled the rug out from everybody ahead of free agency last year. They hit him with the tag really late, and Miami was expected to compete to sign him, and so were the New York Jets, and that's going to be a really hot market uh, for Joe Tooney if he hits the, the free agent market. I, I would say this, the Dolphins, they – the way they structured some of the contracts that they gave out uh, under this regime of Chris Greer and Brian Flores, they do have a little bit more wiggle room and flexibility to make some things happen versus what some of the previous regimes did. So you, know, you think about the signing that they had of Eric Flowers, and, and he's due a $10 million cap hit and $9 million in guaranteed base salary. But if they were to find a trade partner for him, they could clear that $9 million of guarantees off of their cap space for next year. And then you're not talking about too big of an investment to, to upgrade that position and bring him Tooney in. So it's, it's just really a question of you know, all the jig, uh, jigsaw puzzle pieces of, of the salary cap that the Dolphins have. And I, I, that's why I think it's really important. And, and I really like the way that they've attacked free agency in the past. They've given out big contracts, but they've structured the guarantees different so that a cost of adding a Joe Tooney is not you know, crippling to your salary cap if you can get a couple of the domino pieces to fall in place. Kyle, can we just get one thing out of the way here? And, and I want to find out. Do, do we let this offensive line we have right now, they're all young guys, three of them are draft picks. Do we just keep them together, bring Ted Karras back, let basically the starting five or six guys with Jesse Davis come back and go, they're all going to be better together. They're going to be, do you trust that to go with development or do you bring another piece in? I think it gives you a little bit more peace of mind if, if things don't break the right way. Uh, but you heard Brian Flores and Chris Greer talk at the end of the season in their exit press conference. You know, we're looking for competition in every room. We want to get better at every position. And You know, they're going to look at the offensive line. And it, it, of course, does need to play better than what it did. But, Joe, I think you make a great point when you look at that group. Uh, we finished here with three starting rookies, including both offensive tackles. And inevitably, at some point, with those three guys because you didn't have one starting at center. You had two rookies playing next to each other. So there is a lot of upward mobility for this group. Uh, but I, I do kind of look at, at, you know, Ted Karras, and I'd really love to have him back. I thought he was a great presence for the Dolphins. But uh, some of the reports, uh, I believe it was the Miami Herald, came out and, and said that they're going to be looking for uh, a certain water mountain. If, they, if Ted's going to get more elsewhere, they, they may not be willing to go up and above their price with the salary cap restrictions in place this year. Uh, I think that is a, a potential upgradable position. And then Eric Flowers at left guard, who I already mentioned, you know, they gave him the three-year $30 million contract, but 
know, as a long-term piece, I think that's that's kind of the easiest spot to peg because Eric has two years left on his contract. He's going to be the oldest player on the offensive line. He's the most expensive player on the offensive line. And the level of play is, you know, you're going to get about an average player. And you, do you really want to pay that dollar amount long-term for that quality of play? Yeah, it'll be an interesting what they do with Tunic because paying a, a guard anywhere between 12 and $14, 15000000 million a year, uh, getting rid of Flowers would help that situation. I think it's a lot for a guard, but I guess if you're getting a, a kind of quote-unquote playmaking guard or someone that could help out that much, that's fine. I want to go to hit your uh, mock draft for a second, the latest one you had out a couple days ago on the draftnetwork.com. Uh, you obviously have it, number three, the Dolphins making a trade for Deshaun Watson. Xavier Howard, Tua, the three, 35, 22 uh, first-round pick, 22 third-round pick, 23 second-round pick. Uh, Son, a, that, daughter, trade them all away. Right, Take right. my kids. I, mean, I, I had to like catch my breath as I was giving it. I mean, it seems like a lot to give up. <laughs> you, you think Miami is willing to, to lay all that on the line for Deshaun Watson? First of all, you guys are going to get me in trouble with the fan base talking about this. So thank you in advance. Although I'm sure my Twitter mentions are going to blow I up. I wasn't going to bring it up. Actually, I was going to let it go. But go ahead. I look at, at some of the pieces that were included in the trade and the trade that was pieced together. I think every team that does not have a player of Deshaun Watson's caliber on the roster should be interested in potentially trying to make a deal happen. And the way that I had pieced together my hypothetical trade here uh, was I liked the fact that I kept 18. I kept 50 in this year's draft, so it's not as though you can't still go out and get a plus player. They ended up landing Najee Harris, the running back at 18, uh, and Nico Collins, the wide receiver from Michigan, who was down at the Senior Bowl uh, at pick 50. So you upgraded both of those positions in addition to getting this deal done. Now, of course, you have to include Tua Tagovailoa because you're bringing in Deshaun Watson. And then Xavier Howard is the interesting piece for me because Xavier is, there are reports that we're expecting a contract hold out and renegotiation for Xavier Howard. And uh, he was incredible this year. I want to start with that. But the Dolphins drafted Noah Ibanagani in the first round of last year's draft, and they did not play him in the nickel. So that tells you a little bit of something. Now, that, that's not to say they may not expand his responsibilities and put more nickel on his plate in 2021, but you pair that with the amount of dollars that the Dolphins are spending currently in their secondary between you know, Bobby McCain and Eric Rowe and Byron Jones and Xavier. It's a lot of money. It's a disproportionate amount of money. And Xavier Howard's going to be 28, and he has the knee injury issues. So all of those things kind of add up, and it was kind of the writing on the wall. Okay, if if the Texans want a defensive starter, which was one of the things in the report from all the Houston reporters, as this saga has gone on, that may be the one instead of the Dolphins accepting a renegotiated contract that's going to pay Xavier Howard eighteen to twenty million dollars per year versus the the I think it's twelve and a half in new money that he's going to get this year anyway. That was the motivation to put Xavier Howard in this hypothetical right. trade. The X Man goes back home to Houston. Oh boy, that that would be something. I I hope they keep him. It's really hard to sell to a fan base like you said. Your best player last year comes off ten interceptions, and you have to throw him in a trade. That's that's uh, I know, and I know that quarterback thing. We we have to figure it out. All right, let's move on. Uh, you ready for uh, you saw you saw McShay. By the way, so far everything McShay's done for the Dolphins, I don't like, but I want to find out what you think. Jalen Waddle <laughs> after the trade from three to eight with Carolina, and then come back at eighteen with Jalen Phillips. What do you think? I do like Jalen Waddle a lot. Uh, I, I think if you look at Jalen Waddle's production at Alabama this year uh, for the games that he was healthy before he had the leg injury, he was outproducing Devontae Smith 
for the first four games of the season. And then he, he broke his leg uh, on the opening kickoff against Tennessee and missed everything up until the national right. championship game and clearly not 100% when he was back on the field. Uh, the, the question about Devontae Smith versus Jalen Waddell is more so from a scout's perspective, translatable traits. Of course, Devontae Smith has incredible production. We know he has good chemistry with Tua Tagovailoa, but Jalen Waddell had good chemistry with Tua Tagovailoa as well. It was just his usage was different. He was a little bit more of a specialist. Well, in the four games this year, he showcased more as an all-around wide receiver and making plays, the, the quick game, the screen game, the tunnel screens, and making things happen after the catch. He is a 4-2-40 kind of guy. He is an absolute burner. You know, there's, there's that narrative about Devontae Smith. He's 175 or so. He's probably going to run high 4-4s, mid 4-5s. Like, does that translate? You're not going to have those questions with Jalen Waddell. He's a, he's a more dense player. He's a more explosive player. He's a faster player. Uh, I think he is better after the catch than what Devontae Smith is. He's not quite the same polished route runner or route technician that Devontae Smith is. And I like the fact that you get extra draft capital to continue having flexibility down the road. Because if you're trading back to eight with Carolina, with Carolina coming up for a quarterback, you're getting next year's first round pick. That for the Dolphins, if they want to stay true to what their quote unquote business model is right now, which is build through the draft and have long term flexibility, I like that move. And I don't think that's too much of a drop off there to go from Devontae Smith at three to Jalen Waddle at eight okay. with an extra first round pick moving forward. So I do like that move. What about second one? What about uh, Jalen Phillips, who we got to see up here uh, up close this year and had some really good games? What do you think about uh, the transfer to University of Miami? Yeah, so I had a chance to to see him in person his true freshman season at UCLA. He was out and, and they played Memphis. He looked apart back then, I could tell you that, as an 18, 19-year-old kid. And you watch the tape this year, and when the light bulb kind of came on, I think from a physical skill set perspective, he has probably top top 32 first-round physical talent as a pass rusher. Uh, the question is for the Dolphins, is that – such a, an area of focus with wanting to build the offense up around him, you know, versus some of the other pass rushers that you could get a little later in this class. And I think yeah. the edge group is a deep group, and that's the tough sell for me. Is you know, the, the guy that I could get at 36, or the guy that I could get at 50, I'm probably going to think is a fairly comparable player to taking him in the top 20. So that's the right. tough sell for me for Jalen Phillips. But that's no knock against Jalen. He had an amazing year. I think he has first-round pass rush ability. Kyle, I, I, I want to get back to Jalen Waddle for a sec. Um, I'm just a little down on us drafting guys that have been injured and then come here. And I, how do you feel about that? Through the years, we've had some drafts where guys – from college have had work done in the off season or been injured at the end of their season, come back. And I, I, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on injury guys? You, you're not worried about this injury. I think it'd be a little different if it was a, like a ligament issue, you know, versus just a, a broken bone. Uh, I'd probably be a little more apprehensive about the bounce back, but at the same time, Joe, you, you do bring up a great point in this draft cycle in general, where, they're going to have an NFL combine to the degree in which you'll you'll have medical check-ins and things like that. But the team access to the players is going to be nowhere near uh, what it was you know, prior to the, the COVID-19 pandemic. And you've seen the Dolphins be willing, obviously, with Tua Tagovailoa to right. make a high-risk investment on a player who had an injury. And how much did that restrict what his physical ability was in his rookie year? And did it impact the, his arm velocity because he was focused on rehab instead of focused on training? And so like th those are all tough questions. And I do, do definitely think you will see teams that are risk-averse kind of like punt with their early draft capital. They'll, they'll say, no, I don't, 
I don't, I don't want to take the risk. I'm just going to take, give me 2022 picks when things are a little closer to back to normal. Uh, are the Dolphins one of those teams? That could be a good argument for the case to say, hey, let's go ahead and get an extra first round pick for 2022 in a trade back. I think that's probably my favorite scenario for the Dolphins you know, it, is moving it, back a little bit. We started the show, Zach brought up, I didn't know about what you could get. I thought you'd get maybe a two in return to for the five picks and you're talking about a first round pick. That's... A two and a first-round pick. There's a lot of capital there to to move up five spots, especially if it's a quarterback. Well, and that's the sell because it's a quarterback. So if you think right. back to the Sam Darnold trade a couple years ago, they got three twos to move up three spots from three to six, Woof. or from six to three to go get Sam Darnold. So if that's the case and you're moving up into the top three for a quarterback and you're coming up from eight, Carolina, they don't have that kind of extra draft capital to throw around at you to say, hey, we'll give you two twos this year and a two next year. Yeah. So, you know, give us, a, give us a three this year and your first-round pick next year. And that's, that's the only sell that's going to make that possible because all the other teams that are interested in coming up are going to be the teams behind them like Denver at nine and San Francisco at 12. And those teams are definitely going to have to offer you that. So if you're Miami, you let Carolina twist in the wind and you say, hey, I got Denver on the phone at 9. I got San Francisco on the phone at 12. 12, Those teams don't have a bunch of flexibility, so you might not have to come up too far, but those teams are offering me this first-round pick, so I expect the same of you. You think a lot of the league's in love with these four quarterbacks that McShay had going 1, 2, 3, and 4? I think there's enough appeal with all of them that there will be multiple teams that are interested in at least one of them, to have somewhat of a market for all of the four. So, you know, Trevor Lawrence coming one, Zach Wilson, I'm assuming, is going to come two. You're talking Justin Fields and Trey Lance, and and both of those guys have the physical attributes of what a lot of the quarterbacks who come into the league and have early success are because they don't know how to win within structure, but their physical ability allows them to win outside of structure. And then they kind of grow into uh, the nuts and bolts uh, of – working within structure of an NFL offense, but they have the playmaking ability to still stick the landing yeah. while they first get here. Kyle, it'd be interesting to see. Yeah. yeah, Kyle, it'd be interesting to see one through four if that's all quarterbacks. So we were talking about that earlier. That would be I don't think that's going to happen. You don't think right. one, two, three, and four are going to be quarterbacks, right. do you? No, I don't. You know, it's so easy to sit here and do these mock drafts and say, oh, well, the big demand for the quarterbacks and everybody's going to freak out and draft them. But, you know, uh, Atlanta's a tough team to peg. You know, Miami has to find a trade partner. We have to assume like Carolina doesn't go out and trade for Deshaun Watson and that would eliminate their need to come up and move up. And you know, we, we've seen some of these other teams, San Francisco, who was in on the Matt Stafford thing and, and Indianapolis, who was in on the Carson Wentz thing. And we'll see if they close the deal for him. But I expect he's going to Chicago. Uh, these GMs have a price and they're not willing to spend egregious amounts to, right. to just go out and get QB3 or, or go get. You know, a quarterback who's 30-something years old. So I think a lot of things would have to go right to get the top four QBs in the top four picks, and there's a lot of other really good players in this year's class. Insight like no other, Joe Rose in the morning. Interviews like no other from Mike Greenberg. One of the biggest challenges for a professional quarterback is to really understand who you are as a quarterback, what you bring to the organization, and are you confident in those abilities? Greeny talking to Chad Pennington next here on 560 The Joe Radio Rewind. 560 The Joe Radio Rewind. Running back some of the best you've heard over the past 24 hours here on 560. In just a couple of minutes on 560, in fact, at 7 o'clock, we're going to be bringing in the next Panthers game. They're going to be taking on champions of the Stanley Cup, the Tampa Bay Lightning. And Doug Plagans will have the call. Greeny. He's got the talk going on with Chad Pennington right here about what's up with Wentz, Tom the Great, 
and the young quarterbacks. The Whitney Houston song, I Will Always Love You, was put into the system on the old show Mike and Mike on December 9th, 2003, and Bubba tells me it has been played over 450 times on my shows since. And that is exclusively because of the former New York Jets quarterback, Chad Pennington, who joins me here on ESPN Radio. Good morning, Chad. How are you, Grady? I I am well. That song, which obviously became such an important part of what I was doing, and I'm sure you had to hear about it at the time. Did you find it um, delightful, frightening, annoying, some combination? What what were your (laughs) thoughts on that song back in the day? It always brings back great memories. Uh, you know, this is the first for us, Greeny, today. We've done in-person, in-studio, on-camera, on the phone, and now we're doing FaceTime today. So I'm impressed with our, our uh, you know, how we've progressed through the years. Well, we are more, <laughs> more technologically advanced as we, as, as we get into our later years here. It's a pleasure to see you, a pleasure to have you, and so many places to go. Here, Chad with me on the Goodyear Hotline, helping you discover the road ahead, Goodyear more driven. Let's get to some football business here first. And, and I was looking through some notes, and it occurs to me, to me the most interesting story that's going on right now in the NFL involves Carson Wentz in Philly. And, and maybe the genesis of some of the stuff that's going on here was when they drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round last year. And, and in some way, maybe that psychologically shook Carson Wentz's foundation of being the guy in Philadelphia. And I'm thinking back to when you were as fully established as the quarterback of the New York Jets, and they drafted Kellen Clemens. So maybe you sort of walked a mile in these shoes. What, are you, what, what did that mean to you, and how do you think uh, it, is, it is impacting the situation with Carson? Well, it can certainly uh, affect your, your mentality for sure. And I think one of the biggest challenges for a professional quarterback is to really understand who you are as a quarterback, what you bring to the organization, and are you confident in those abilities? And I remember back in 2006, I had to prove myself again coming off of a second shoulder surgery. We had Eric Mangini coming in. The Jets drafted Kevin Clemens. And so you really got to focus on yourself and what you bring to the table and be confident in that. And I'm sure, I'm sure, like you said, Carson Wentz was dealing with some of that mental struggle throughout the year. Because some might listen to that and say, oh, you've got to be tougher than that, mentally tougher. But I think there's a different psychological dynamic with the quarterback. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the way I see it, you're being asked to be the leader. You're being asked to sort of take that message from the coaching staff and everything else and instill it in the rest of the team. And if they don't show that confidence in you, then I think I can see where it will become much more difficult for you to fill that role for them. Is that sort of the way it plays out? There's no question because there's only two men in the entire building who carry records. That's the head coach and the quarterback. Mm. No one else ever mentions a record when you talk about other positions. And so if you don't feel confident in that relationship with the head coach, how can you go out and put out the same messages that the head coach is putting out? How can you say the same things? How can you rally your team if those two men aren't on the same page? That makes a lot of sense to me. Jeff Van Gundy said to us years ago, the most important relationship in any organization, in any sport, is between the coach and the best player. If that relationship works, you've got a chance. If that relationship doesn't work, you have no chance. Uh, You were drafted the same year as Tom Brady. And here you are talking to me, and there's Tom at 43, still doing this, and yesterday sipping what seems to have been avocado tequila and throwing the Lombardi trophy over open water. (laughs) How do you explain what he is doing at this age? Well, first of all, it's awesome. I love seeing it. I love watching the high level of football. I love watching the relationship between Byron Leftwich and Tom Brady uh, progress over the year. I think uh, Byron doesn't get enough credit there as well, and it was really neat to see how they really worked on their relationship and came together. But from Tom's perspective, to see what he's doing at 43 years old, uh, I love it. It's just amazing. 
Uh, I want to see another year of it. I, see, I think we're watching some high-level football being played at that quarterback position, and that's what we all love to see, really good quarterback play, and we're able to see that in Brady. I mean, we didn't even talk about what a great season he's had this year, mm-hmm. statistically speaking. This is one of the greatest years that he's had uh, other than the 07 year with Randy Moss and the Patriots, and so that is quite remarkable as well. Yeah, I mean, he's 43 years old. He threw 40 touchdowns, and he was the MVP of the Super Bowl. It, it's it's impossible, but he actually did it. As, take a minute here and, and say a few words for your guy, Byron Leftwich. That's Obviously, you have the, the, the commonality of, of your alma mater, and, and Byron is a guy, I don't recall him having anyone talking about him when the season ended for a head coaching job, and now he feels like he sort of could be the hottest coordinator in the league. Tell the people who don't know much about him, about Byron Leftwich. Well, first of all, he had an amazing career at Marshall, and uh, it's just a really smart guy. Uh, he, from day one, the first day I met him at Marshall, he was very intrigued with the study of the game, being a student of the game, learning the game. That's where we developed our relationship. One of the things that, that I think is a great trait that Byron has is that he understands people and he does a great job of studying people. And so throughout this whole process this year, he was really trying to learn Tom, learn his team, learn his offensive players, see what they do well, and then mesh all of that together. And to me, that's a sign of a great coach and a great head coach because we all know that football is a people business. You must understand people. It goes well beyond systems and plays and schemes. It really comes down to, can I take a group of people and get them to work together and work efficiently and then have the right scheme to fit that? And I think Byron did that very well this year. No question. I was just looking it up. I had forgotten about that connection. You guys were are, are three years apart in in, um, in in terms of when you came out into the draft and all that, and you came from the same school. So they turned out some real good quarterbacks, a couple of back-to-back first-round quarterbacks there at Marshall, Greeny with Chad Pennington. I know one of the things – that you were interested in talking about today, and I am too, is the way we are developing quarterbacks in the NFL right now. And I'll sort of set it up this way. Because of the rookie salary cap, the best thing a team can have is a quarterback on his first contract playing at a high level. That comes with unintended consequences. And I know your concern is that one of those unintended consequences is that we are kind of giving up on guys much too quickly. If they're not great in year two, we basically feel like we need to move on and what do you think that is doing right now to the position in the NFL? Well, I think it's affecting uh, the quarterback play across the board. Um, we aren't patient enough. We aren't trying to develop. We don't have enough technicians within our game. Uh, a lot of times we have coaches who can tell a quarterback, yes, you missed the read to the Z receiver, but can you tell why as a quarterback coach? Can you say you're locking out your lead knee? You're not pulling your front shoulder to the midpoint of your target. Why did you miss that throw? Why did you miss that read? Not that you just missed it. And so that's where I think we've really got to improve within the league is really taking technicians and helping these quarterbacks. They're coming out with much more knowledge, uh, much more experience from a quarterback perspective than we used to. But at the same time, this is professional quarterback. There's a development process that has to happen. When you look at the draft picks coming up, I mean, these guys are 21 years old. Trevor Lawrence has the most starts with 36. When I came out, I had 51 starts. Mm. And so we're dealing with a quarterback crop year in and year out that doesn't have a lot of starts underneath their belts. And so we have to be patient 
and develop these guys. We just can't move on to the next one. Right. And, and so it does bring up, and, and I would ask you just because, I mean, you played for the Jets, a guy like Sam Darnold, who left two years of college eligibility on the table, comes in highly touted, has struggled through impossible, I'll say it, impossible circumstances in his three years in the NFL with terrible coaching and teammates, all the rest. You, you, we've all seen what's happened there. So in your mind, is it is it premature to give up on him? Do you believe Sam has what it takes to become a great quarterback in the right situation? It's completely premature. Uh, I, I don't I don't think we can say we've truly given Sam the chance to develop, right? Mm-hmm. We've seen spurts. We've seen glimmers of hope. We've seen some things that he's done really well. But at the same time, every mistake that he has made, he's made on a national scene. He's not really been able to be given the chance to make some mistakes behind closed doors. And you have to be able to feel the freedom to make mistakes in order to, to be successful. You've got to see what failure looks like. you got to be able to press the envelope a little bit. And quite frankly, a lot of times with these young quarterbacks, we want them to play perfect. Well, newsflash, they're not going to play perfect, especially at a young age. Greeny always bringing it to you. Sometimes with Chad Pennington, always with good guests. From 10 to noon, weekdays, right here on 560 The Joe. Up next, Hawk and Crowder, Zoom meeting etiquette? And he shows up on this Zoom meeting in a sleeveless, like just cut off the sleeves himself t-shirt, like he had just rolled out of bed. But then Crowder, tell him what he was really trying to do on this call. (laughs) Diving deep next here on 560 The Joe Radio Rewind. 560 The Joe Radio Rewind, running back some of the best you've heard over the past 24 hours here on 560 The Joe. And in just a couple of minutes, Doug Plagan's going to have the call of the Panthers game against Stanley Cup champions Tampa Bay. They're playing the next three games against each other. Lock and load, and always locked and loaded with Hawk and Crowder. They're letting Solana know there's Zoom meeting etiquette. Being Crowder, we've already had our share of Solana for the day. <laughs> oh, man. I'm looking forward to today's show. I'm looking forward to tonight, by the way, because we had this night off from local sports last night, and uh, we're back in action tonight. You got Heat. You got Panthers. I'm ready. I want to sit down. I want to watch some sports. It's the weird time of year because I really enjoy football on the weekends, and it's officially over. I, You know, on my Instagram, I, was, uh, I, I had posted the last couple of days, like, I think it was one year ago or two years ago today, we were watching the XFL this weekend because I had uh, Chuck and Jim over at my house. We were watching <laughs> XFL game. And then I think it was last year. No, last year was the XFL. Two years ago was the AAF, right? Like, it's yeah. th- these two leagues both tried to start, and I get it, you know? Like, the Super Bowl's over, and I want some football this weekend. And there's not any to be had. And so that's why I'm excited for Heat and Panthers tonight. Give me something to focus on sports-wise. But I get in a, in a you know, uh, a conference room, someone going, yeah, you know what? People are going to crave football. Let's give it to them. Let's give them the AAF. And I thought uh, we, we were going to be the world's biggest AAF fans. And we just we couldn't get interested. So it doesn't work. XFL twice now, AAF. Yep. It's just, it's not going to work. It's just, it's not football. It's not the football we've seen, Hawk. I don't even think it's that, too. We want to root for the teams that we've grown up watching. I, I just, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, I, I, I honestly think, like, we want to root for the Vikings, the Saints, the Dolphins, the Bears, uh, and then, you know, college football the same. And, like, 
I, I don't have any desire to. I don't even remember what any of the team names were for the AAF or XFL. Hmm, that's interesting. You think it's more of the star yes. power and the I think nostalgia it's, yeah. than the yeah, quality I don't even of play? I don't think it's nostalgia because it's still going on and it's just as relevant now as it was then. I think it's the familiarity, I right? If I, if I sit hmm. down and watch a Saints-Jets game, it means something to me because I've watched the Saints and Jets for however long. And, and again, I do know the players. Obviously, that's got something to do with it. And the production level is the highest level of any of the production. Like, the, it's got the entire package. But the thought of, well, I just want to see football. I don't care in what shape or form. Yeah, there's CFL. Like, I, I can't get into that. I didn't get into the AAF. I didn't get into the XFL. Like, it just doesn't work. Well, now the Rock. I miss football. The, the Rock's backing it. It has to work now. That is true. Dwayne that Johnson. He done wasted all his damn money up. All his money. (laughs) That's a a little passion project that uh, (laughs) he's going to look back on in five years and go, remember, who was the dude, Solana, that that gave the cash infusion to the AAF? Was was it the Carolina Carolina, Panthers Open? Hurricanes, uh, the Carolina Carolina Hurricanes Hurricanes Open. I mean, literally, I think gave like $75 million cash infusion and they went out of business a couple months later. He pulled the plug on it, by the way. Yeah, hell, I would have too. Yeah. 75 yeah. went to 70, went to 60, went to 50. <laughs> hey, um, yeah. let me get that back, big homie. Let me get that back. So um, we got a loaded potato for you today. So we get a, uh, uh, an invite to a meeting, just an, an in-house meeting. Me, Crowder, and Solana. Program director, our boss, Len, wants to have a meeting with our sales manager, the the guy who manages all the sales now for 790 the ticket and 560 uh, WQAM. And uh, and we hadn't met him because of COVID. He's relatively new, and uh, because of COVID, we're not in the office. And, and so we had a Zoom meeting planned for 1030 this morning. Everybody, you know, we text Solana, text us a reminder this morning. Don't forget 1030 uh, Zoom call. So there's going to be five of us. We get on the Zoom call and the manager's name is Paul. Super nice guy. I liked him. I was impressed with him. I thought he got a, had a good grasp, seemed to enjoy the show, which is nice. He's dressed like a, a sales manager should be. He's got the button down shirt and he's got the collar and, and looks, you know, working from home. He's not wearing a, a suit and tie, but he looks very presentable. I had just come back from a walk with my wife. It was a three-mile walk. It was very hot this morning, and I was sweating, but I took off my sleeveless shirt. I put on a T-shirt just to be a little more presentable. Crowder was wearing a T-shirt as well, his BAM 13 shirt, which is available at honkedofflikeagoose.com. There you go. Good-looking shirt. And Len, our boss, I think he was wearing a T-shirt as well, but, you know, nothing nothing frumpled or anything. We're just, uh, just it was, it was a casual Zoom meeting with me, Crowder, Solana, our boss, Len, our new sales manager, Paul. And then there's Solana, the kid who's trying to get somewhere in the industry. He's a kid. I'm 51 years old. I am where I am. This is like, this is where I am. I'm not, I'm not getting any further. This is me. 51, got a kid that's going to be going to college in a couple of years. And, uh, you know, I'm not grinding anymore. When people don't like me, they'll be done with me and, and that's it. Solana, very young guy, he is going to have a lifelong career as a radio professional. There's no question in my mind he's very good at it. But he's, he's on the come up right now. And he needs to be impressing everyone as often as he can be. And he shows up on this Zoom meeting in a sleeveless, like just cut off the sleeves himself, 
t-shirt like he had just rolled out of bed but then crowder tell him what he was really trying to do on this call (laughs) tell him the truth i don't know exactly but he had a big ass protein shake and he was chugging it every five seconds to try to show us that he was drinking a protein shake with his arms out you work out you it was it was very weird but very unprofessional hawk did you did you think Solana that we were voting you into our fraternity and and you wanted and you wanted to look like a frat boy? Like did you know you were going to be on a business meeting and at what point did you think it would be appropriate to wear a sweaty sleeveless t-shirt and chug a protein shake? Well, first of all, you guys don't know if there was protein, if there was just water we, in that shaker. We, it was a shaker but, cup. But There's we, nothing wrong right, with taking we, a sip of water. We know what you were trying to portray, though. We know what you were trying yes. to portray. That's uh, I'm not. I don't care if it was a protein shake or not. We know what you were trying to portray. Oh, it so was let, protein, by the lie. way. Solana, don't lie. You had a shaker <laughs> cup, one of the ones that people shake up powdered drinks and water mm, with, yeah. and it was a milky substance. Yep. You mm-hmm. wanted to portray protein shake guy at 1030 in the morning i just gotten off my run my morning run and you know what to hawk's credit probably could have looked a bit more presentable there's no doubt about it however it's hot in my house i've got to be honest it's very hot my air conditioner what? is <laughs> not working okay here's i'm gonna it's uh, not no, work. my ac is not working uh, no. my ac is not no. working <laughs> solana <laughs> gonna tell you what just happened because did you hear did you hear that long pregnant pause when he said but in all honesty or whatever he just said he didn't have what the kicker was he didn't have it and so then he got stuck and he goes it's hot in my house and then he just decided and he said oh i'll take that a step further the air conditioner's broken the air conditioner's broken 79 degrees 79 degrees in my house i just got done with my morning exercise Trying to put some whey in my body. You gotta rebuild those muscle oh. fibers after you run. Oh, the fibers. And and to be honest, I mean, I, I didn't realize this was a formal It was not Zoom as, as evidenced it, by the it was not as evidenced by the t shirts that we were wearing. Right. But there's a difference. You you've watched the office, right? You're Meredith on Casual Friday showing your boobs and your and your uh, veg. Like it's like there's really there's is. a level there's a level of of Zoom Casual and and you're the the lowest on the totem pole. That's the reality of it. You're the producer, you're the lowest on the totem pole. And you blew it all out of the water. You were the only one. Your shirt has I'm looking at the picture now cuz I took a picture of it. Your shirt has a sweat ring. Like you you literally couldn't change your shirt. You're saying that you went right from exercise into this Zoom meeting and had no chance. Like, you admit it. You wanted to show that you were working out. There's a reason you kept that shirt on and kept swigging your protein shake. Gotta say, in Zoom meetings, put away the accoutrements. Don't need to see the protein drinks, the sleeveless shirts. Just be normal. Not going to be a normal game tonight because the Panthers playing Stanley Cup champions Tampa Bay in just a few minutes. Doug Plagan's going to have the call. Danny Garcia going to be helping out. Let's get it going. Let's go, Panthers. Next three games against Tampa Bay. So get locked and loaded and keep it right here. This is 560 The Joe Radio Rewind. Later, slug. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.